into your feet. If you're in the foyer, make your way in here. And let's worship. The mountains that are face, one name that's higher.
part the sea You have led me through the deep Hallelujah Hallelujah Come on, don't forget the Lord's faithfulness this morning Don't forget all He's done this morning Remember where the Lord brought you Remember where the Lord brought you from. Come on, you just take a second just to thank him right now. That bridge says, I will not forget. God, I'll sing of all you've done. Come on, let's lift up a praise from our our own heart this morning. But we won't forget what, what you've done. God, we won't forget where you brought us from. Oh, you've been so faithful, God. forget your works he came from glory took on flesh to save the lost grace and mercy displayed upon the cross our redemption He's a hope for all mankind, one name over everything, one name over everything. Come on, that's our God. Sing it with us. And Jesus
Come on, I want you to declare this with us with every bit of faith inside of you. Our God is still moving. Our God is still healing. He's still redeeming. Come on, He reigns. Over fear, over shame, over all anxiety, over troubles and all pain, over sickness. in this morning he reigns above it so let's just sing that over fear over shame over all anxiety over troubles and all pain over sickness and disease for he reigns on the throne all praise to
before you sail Darkness bows, demons flee At the mention of his name For he reigns on the throne All praise to him alone One name over everything Oh, that's our God Just the mention of his name, oh.
Let's just lift our hands and sing that chorus one more time. Give them all the praise. Praise the Father.
final say. God has kept putting this story in my head. It's found in Mark 2 and in Luke 5. This story that a lot of you will be familiar with of these, these guys that had their friend who was paralyzed and they were trying to get him to Jesus. So they show up uh, to the house that Jesus is known to be at and they're just like people are completely like there is no room in the house, right? Like they are outside like just trying to listen inside the house. There's no way they're going to work through all of these people, um, but they didn't give up, right? They, they were like, well, we gotta find a way, right? So they, they climbed the house, they went up, and they're carrying this man. I don't know how many of you guys have carried a human being before. It's not easy, but they were dedicated. So they, they climbed up and they went to the roof and they estimated about where Jesus would be and they started literally tearing the roof off of that house to get to Jesus, and my prayer is that in 2024, we will be a church who is willing to tear the roof off of this place to get to Jesus. My prayer is that we will be a people willing to rip off the roof to get our friends and our family to Jesus because we know that Jesus is the life-changing Savior. We know that Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the illness, that depression, that anxiety, the death, they have to bow. They have no power because Jesus has the final say. So Father God, 2024 let that be true of this church that we will rip off any roof we need to to see you in your fullness to to see our friends and family come to faith in the in the savior who gave everything to be with us god i thank you for this day i thank you that we are gathered here together and we are called saints in this building not because of our past but because of what you did for us God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this worship. May it lift high the name above all names, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, happy, happy New Year, Resurrection Life. How are we feeling today? Still recovering? Happy New Year, Resurrection Life. How are we feeling today? That's a little bit better. I have been in Atlanta, Georgia this weekend let me just tell you it was great but i am very very proud to be back in the great state of mississippi just no place like it you know 
You know, Georgia, Georgia's got a lot of cool things, but they don't got two sisters. They don't got Betty Kay's. They don't have my wife and my dog, so I'm staying here, okay? Well, y'all, we do have a very special group of people in the house today, and that is our first-time guests. Can we give it up for our first-time guests? You may be uh, looking for a church today because, you know, you have a New Year's resolution. You may just be looking for a church family. We just want to say from the bottom of our heart, we are honored that you chose to spend this Sunday morning with us. And we're not going to embarrass you or anything like that. All we're going to ask you to do is at the end of service today, go out these doors and to the left, there's a kiosk. You'll be met with a friendly, smiling face. They'll even give you a gift if you're on your best behavior. You'll just fill out a little bit of information about yourself. And that's for us to get better connected with you because that's what the church is, is a connection of people lifting high the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, y'all, there's a lot of stuff going on at Resurrection Life right now. So if you would, please turn your attention to the screen. Hey, I'm Madeline. We just want to tell you about Ignite Weekend coming up January 19th through the 21st. It's going to be a great weekend filled with fellowship, games, and much more. Most importantly, you're drawing closer to the Christ. The cost is only $30, and you can register now at rlministry.org. One of the key nights during our week of prayer and fasting is a night of healing. This is a time where we can come together and pray for healing, mind, body, and spirit not just for our church family, but family members and community at large. As you know, today begins our week of prayer and fasting. The church uh, will be open here in Picayune from 5 a.m. until 9 p.m. And Popperville will be open from 6 a.m. until 9 p.m. Then on Wednesday night at our Picayune and Popperville campus, we're going to have a night of worship starting at 7 p.m. We hope that you join us as we worship, intercede, and pray together as a church community. If you haven't brought your pictures, you still can do that. Do that anytime during the week. And when you get here, you can put them on the tables and then begin to pray for other people. Happy New Year, ladies. We with Heart to Heart Women's Ministry are so excited about what the Lord has for us in 2024. To kick off the year, we're going to have our Flourish event on Friday, January 26th. Doors will open at 6 and we'll get started at 6.30. We'll have a time of sharing the vision that the Lord has given us for this year. And then we're going to have fellowship and light refreshments after. Child care is available, but you must call the church office to reserve a spot for your child. I can't wait to see you there. All guys 18 and older, mark your calendars right now for our Beast Feast. It's going to be on February 4th at our Picking Campus. The competitions start at 5 p.m. We're going to compete against each other. Later on that night, we're going to eat a lot of food. It's going to be awesome, so be sure you're there if you're 18 and older. Beast Feast, I like it. Well, if you would, please stand to your feet. It is our giving time. Father God, uh, create in us a new heart, and part of that new heart, God, let for us to be joyful, obedient givers. Let us be people who, who see what you're doing, and we want desperately to be a part of it, God. 
God, and we know that it is, it is better to give than to receive. So, Father God, create in us this giving heart so that we know that we are building your kingdom here in Picayune. And we thank you that we have a place where we can trust that builds your kingdom here in Picayune. God, bless us right now in this time of giving. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give our praise team a hand. I appreciate them. That was good. I like it that they show up every week very much. Um, I want to encourage you. Um, first of all, we need to pray for Leah and Corey for their marriage. Uh, it was a little disturbing he went to. Mississippi doesn't have two sisters. Mississippi doesn't have Betty Kay's. And then my wife. I mean, Leah, we see where you rank. I mean, Catfish Stella, you know, cheeseburgers, Leah. You know, I don't, I don't know. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You were equal with the dog there, you know. So I don't know. I, I, that's, that's what it is. See, I, I, we celebrate our 37th wedding anniversary. And, uh, I told the Lord, I have put up with that woman you gave me for a long time. Anyway, uh, uh, you know, when you've been married 37 years, you, you make sure you remember my wife first and then you go on down, you know, so. Anyway, okay, I need your undivided attention, okay? You got it? I need your undivided attention. This week is starting our week of prayer and fasting. If you call this church your home, or if you've been coming more than twice, I am expecting, everybody hear me, I am expecting one 100% participation. And you go, why is this year different? 
Because it seems like our world's more desperate than it has ever been, and we need to pray. Now, here's the way it's going to happen. You see, we got a few tables set up. Some people already beating, beating the rush. See those tables over there and those tables over there? They will be added just all through here, okay? Now, I want you to hear me. Here's what you do. You don't have to just bring pictures of people in our church. People you know, family members, wherever, bring the pictures, set them on the table, okay? During the week, here's the one rule. You cannot pray for your own family. You sow seeds into praying for somebody else's family, God will see that somebody prays for your family. You just walk around and pray, okay? Now, I'm asking you to fast. The Bible considers that in the New Testament a normal Christian thing. He doesn't say if you fast. He says when. Talks about fasting a lot. Here's what fasting is. It is giving up something so I can direct more attention to the spiritual things. That's basically what it is. Some people are going to give up food. Some people are going to give up meats and sweets. Some people are going to give up uh, um, Oh, yeah, see, I said, I just threw that out to a couple of old guys. I went, well, you, God might want you to fast from coffee. And they went, oh, my God. <laughs> like I cussed them or something. I'm like, oh, my God, what are you saying? Give up. Hey, whatever the Lord leads you, look at me now. And look, here's what you don't do when you fast. You don't sit around and think about how grumpy you are that what you're giving up. And about, I can't wait till this week's over. La, 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 la. What you do is every time, like if you're giving up food, every time you have a hunger pain or a desire, you say, Lord, I want to pray. Just take a few minutes. Let that be a trigger to you to pray. God, I'd rather see a miracle on some of those people on the table than I would have that right now. It is saying, denying your flesh to point it toward for a specific time. We're not always going to do this, but for a specific time, everybody can fast. I, I'm, you know, like Matthew is fasting from sweets and all electronics, which he is really happy about. Okay? We want to pray. We want to seek God's face. We want to see God do miracles. Okay? I am asking for 100% participation. I am, wrong word, I am expecting 100% participation. Everybody in there either needs one or knows somebody that needs a miracle, needs God to change somebody, needs God to chase down a prodigal, needs God to answer them, all these things, okay? We are taking this week to fast and pray. I don't know if I said it yet or not, but I am expecting 100% participation because our world is more desperate than it's ever been and it's trying to fill out answers. And look, you know what will happen if you don't do it? Nothing. And that's what we cannot have happen, nothing. We need God to do some things. We need God to change some trajectories of people's lives, set people free, 
there'll be they, there'll be people here with addictions and all. They need to be set free, and we know the only one that can set them free is Jesus Christ. Amen. We know that. So, if I hadn't said it yet, I want to say it again. I expect one hundred percent participation. Everybody, if you're saved, if you're not saved. Send a picture up here, and we'll pray that you get saved. Okay? You got it. We, we are going to take this week after the service. John and them will be putting up tables. And you can come by this afternoon, tomorrow, like some people are fasting lunch, and they're going to come in here and pray during lunch. Now, fasting lunch does not mean you come in here and pray and then go eat lunch. Fasting is, Lord, I'm giving that up. My flesh desires that. I'm going to lay that down. Your kids can participate. Some of you have physical things. You can't do certain things. That's okay. Find something. Okay? Find something. And I'm expecting this church to have 100% participation because our world needs hope. You got it? Now, on Thursday, I know I'm taking a lot of time to do this because it's important. On Thursday night, we will have a night of healing. And the way that'll look is there'll be like little cubicles set up around this back wall. And there'll be people. Dan has gotten in a, a group. And you bring somebody who's sick. They don't have to go to church here. They're sick. And they're just going to bring them aside and pray for them. Anoint them with oil and pray for them for a few minutes. And then they can leave. The tables will still be here. People will still be praying, and then you can go. And it's from 6 to 8.30, 6 to 8.30, Thursday night. Wednesday night, we're going to have a night of worship at 7 o'clock where all the tables will be out here, the pictures will be out here, and we're just going to worship over them and prophesy over them, and there'll be no preaching, and we're just going to, we're going to sing songs of deliverance over these people. You know, we're going to sing songs of deliverance. That's biblical. God, the Bible says he sings songs of deliverance over us. And we're going to see the Lord do some things this week that only he can do. If I had not said it, let me say it. I expect 100% participation. Bring your pictures, bring friends. You know, this is a way you can minister to your coworkers. Coworkers are sharing something bad or whatever. Say, hey, print out a picture right now. I'm going to take it down. My church is praying. We'll be praying over you. And let's see what the Lord is going to do. Amen? It's going to be awesome and wonderful. We're going to have baptism next month. It's just a lot of great things going on. Amen? Everybody rise to your feet. Rise to your feet. It's good to see y'all this morning. Turn to three people and say it with a smile like you mean it, okay? Don't say it when your face is saying something else. Say, man, you really look good today. I'm glad to see you. Say it to somebody behind you. Kinsley, you look good today. All right. Turn to those same three people and say, you need to sow into your field.
All right. Let's read our scripture for today. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And he sowed, and some fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell by stone, on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up, but they had no root system, had no depth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no roots. They withered away. And some fell on thorns. Thorns sprang up and choked them down. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray. Lord, I just ask you to, uh, to be with us. God, I just ask you to teach us, let us hear what you're trying to say. God, I pray that uh, you will speak to us. God, I pray that uh, you'll direct our paths. God, I pray for our president and Congress. I pray that you will be with them and speak to them and direct them. And God, I pray that we will hear what you want us to hear today. In your name we pray, amen. Now, about uh, October of every year, I love the new year. I got married in the new year. Started the year off right. You know, best day's work I ever did was tie Amy Hickman down and, and get her, you know, get her married off to me. And uh, anyway, every year in October or so, I start praying because I, I want the Lord to give me some direction. I'm not talking about New Year's resolutions. That's stuff we come up with. And most of them we don't ever do. Isn't that true? I mean, there will be billions of dollars spent in the next few weeks over weight loss programs. Billions. And we'll, we'll do it for a while. I, I'm not talking. I want God's direction. I want God to tell me what he wants me to walk in. Because I know God has a plan for every one of you. He has a plan for, you know, he's got thoughts about this next year. I'm not talking about New Year's resolution, but I want to hear what direction, because we were never meant to just endure. I don't know what's going to happen. I can guarantee you what's going to happen this year. Some good and some bad. Guaranteed. I don't know what's going to go on, but I do know God has a thought and a plan for me. And if I do not follow that thought and plan, the worst tragedy in the world is that we be in the same place we were this time next year. The worst thing in the world is there been no advancement, nothing to celebrate. Now, I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm talking about making progress, following the cloud as we sang about. And I was asking the Lord in this the Lord in October started talking to me about this chapter and this parable. And I want you to start reading. I want you to read it several times, several times. Just read over it. You know, it explains. But this is one of the few times that Jesus explains himself. It's one of the few stories 
all throughout the Bible, you know, Jesus is like my dad. My dad, I say, why are we doing that? Because I said we doing it. That's all you need to know. It was funny the other day. Isn't it amazing how much you start being like your parents? Oh, my God. I, Matthew asked me a question. I didn't want to talk. I just, because I said we doing it. And I sat down, and Amy looked at me and said, you are just like your father. I mean, Jesus, most of the time, just threw his stuff out there and said, he said that statement a lot. He who ever has a ear to hear. See, some of you this morning are going to hear God speak to you, and some of you not. Whoever has an ear to hear, let him hear. If you're wanting to hear God, you can. And Jesus just threw his stuff out, but all of a sudden, in this one, let me explain to you. And we're going to walk through this thing. These are kingdom principles that God wants you to know that God wants you to live your life by. These are things that are the kingdom that he wants you to understand to get heaven because listen, what I want you to understand. Did he not tell us to ask for heaven to manifest here? Right? Did he not tell us, thy kingdom come, thy will be done? He's, what is he talking about? I want part of heaven to come and manifest itself here in your life. Well, baby, you ain't going to New Year's resolution yourself into that. You got to understand that the king has ways of doing things, and he's calling us. Now, there are three main parts, and we're going to talk over the next six weeks. We're going to talk about these. I want to just dive into it a little bit today. The three main parts of this story are sower, there's a sower, there's seed, and there's soil. And we're going to talk about all three of those so that we understand what God is asking us to do. But I want you to understand the very first phrase. That's all we're going to talk about today. The very first phrase. A sower went out to sow. A sower went out to sow. Now, first of all, we learn right off the bat. Who sows? The so by name, by name, we know right off the bat. That's what he does. He sows. A sower sows. Like a welder, I expect a welder to weld. Hey, Mr. Welder, he's probably welding. And here's what he says. The kingdom is like a sower that is sowing. You are sowing things into your life right now. Now, we're going to talk about the seed and all that a little later, you know, in another week. You are sowing. Do you understand? By name, we're Christians. There are certain things we do because that's who we are. Like fasting and praying. That is not cultish. That's just Christian. Christians do Christian stuff. That's what we're calling. It's expected. It's understood. If you are a Christian, 
This is what you do. A sower. Well, I can tell you what he's about to do. So, Christians do things. I want you to understand that that's the way Jesus lived his life. Jesus did not live his life the way most of us live our lives. Most of us just live our lives. What happens? Something good happens. We, we spend it. We celebrate it, whatever. We just live life. We react to whatever comes our way. That is not God's way. Jesus got up every morning with a direction. Jesus knew where he was going. He said, I don't do anything. I don't see the Father doing. I don't say anything unless I hear him say it. In John, and he gives us a snapshot in John chapter 4. John chapter 4, this is what he says. Jesus lives his life. Look what he says in verse 3. He left Judea and departed again. He didn't just get up and say, let's, let's go on vacation to Gulf Shore. Let's go to Galilee. They got some good, let's, let's go hang out. It wasn't like that, the way most of us live. Our, where we want to do? What you want to do? Where you want to go? I'd like to be thinner this year. I'd like to do this. I'd like to buy a new car. I mean, it wasn't none of that. He said, I consult dad. What you want to do? And it said, look at what verse 4 says. He needed to go through Samaria. And you read on to a town called Sychar. That's the story of the woman at the well. He got up one morning and said, well, Father, what are we doing today? And the father said, look, I need you to go to Samaria. First of all, this story, everybody look at me. Jews didn't go through Samaria. Didn't do it. It was bad. They had all kinds of cleansing things they had to do if they just walked through Samaria. Sometimes God's way is a little different than what we would choose. Because Father said, look, there's a broken lady. Everybody thinks she's a slut and a whore. And, but I believe she's the city changer. And you look, and Jesus went. Well, all right. He went to meet with that lady. And the Bible says she brought the whole city to Jesus. All because he, was, he decided to hear, what do you have for me? Do you understand that sowing also is personal? Now, see, when you talk about it in that context, if we said this today, you'd think of tractors. You know, my son Nathan, you know, he is affecting my son Matthew. Because I heard Matthew walking through the house saying something about None of my little green tractor. You know, some country song about a green tractor. See, we think of tractors. They knew exactly what it was saying. They sowed by hand. Personal. Everybody look at me. Look at my eyeballs. Nobody's going to do it for you. If you're waiting for somebody else to change before you follow, 
before you go somewhere, you will never get there. It's got to be personal. You got to make the choice to get up and sow. Now, listen, I understand that Jesus Christ has paid it all and done it all and won every victory, but you got to follow. You got to you got to follow. You got to decide that I want to get up and sow. Do you understand that when you sow, that's where you find the life that is worth living? Because next year, this time, I want you to stand up and testify, man. I I went through this. I knew it. I felt God and. Man, I saw this happen, and it was awesome. It was a crazy ride, but it was awesome. That's what I want for you. I don't want you to just take life. What do you think is going to happen? What you, oh, uh, there's no hope in that. Worried about who's going to get elected, who ain't going to get elected, all that stuff. Man, if you got to worry, if anybody else controls your joy and hope, then you are not following Christ. So how do we do this? So glad you asked. Michael, you want to know how to do this, don't you? I appreciate you. How do we how do we become how do we live our lives in this kingdom sowing thing? Number 1 consent and submit. That's almost like a cuss word to some people. What did Jesus, how did Jesus get his disciples? He walk up and do a miracle and, ooh, and say, follow me, you better come along or else. No, he just said, follow me. See, Satan drives you. Jesus leads you. There is a difference. Some of you are driven by fear and worry and anxiety, and you're following the wrong crowd, the, the wrong cloud. God says, follow me. Now, to follow him, everybody look at me. I want you to hear this now. If you don't get this one, all of it breaks down. To follow Jesus, you have to consent and submit. What do I mean by that? I've got to consent that I am not in charge. I am not the master and, and commander of my destiny. Because we've been trying to figure it out and this is the mess we got in. This is how people left to themselves, this is what it looks like. What we're seeing happening in the world, trying to look, I mean, they're, they, they won't let children drive, but they'll let them take pills and do major altering surgery to change their body. They'll let a, let a five-year-old make that choice. That doesn't even make sense. Well, if you're trying to figure it out yourself, it does. I've got to consent to Jesus. You're in charge. You're Lord. Jesus said, follow me. And then I've got to say yes to his will. I've got to say yes to his will. I've got to submit. See, you don't understand. How many of you think, I hope, I hope you think, I don't know if you think it or not. 
How many think God's smarter than you? Just by sheer knowing stuff, he's smarter than us. Amen? How many of you, no, I, I, no let's just dive into that. How many of you really believe God's smarter than you? Raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, just hang on. We'll try to get you saved later. If I am going to try to fix my car, I am not going to consult Matthew, my 11-year-old. I'm going to go to somebody that's smarter than me. To yield and consent, first of all, I've got to realize that the Lord, I've got to make the decision in my heart. You are my Lord. If I'm going to follow and sow into the field the right seeds and the right soil and all that, I've got to decide, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I've got to consent. Everybody say consent. I've got to admit you are Lord. You are in charge. You are everything. You're smart in my life. I, I am not my own anymore. You're my Lord. In every area of my life, in my finances, in my in my in my time, in my you know, vacation, in everything, the way I do my family, the way I do my marriage, everything. God, you're in charge. And then the second part of that, you gotta submit. What does that mean? That means I gotta be willing to do whatever he says. And let me tell you what he says. He's like Mr. Miyagi. I mean, I'm not saying that God's Mr. Miyagi. I'm saying, I'm saying, and some of the young people over here go, who's Mr. Miyagi? You go back and look at the karate kid. Mr. Miyagi was going to teach his kid. Remember this? He was going to teach his kid. What was his name? Daniel Song. Yes. Oh, Daniel Song. And the way he started out was he made him go wax his cars. Wax on, wax off. Remember that? Wax on. And he did that for days. And finally he's getting mad. What does he have to do with karate? He had no idea Mr. Miyagi was teaching him how to defend himself. See, when you submit to the Lord, you have no idea where he's going to take you. You just trust that your Lord is good and he loves you because he died and gave everything for you. So I'm pretty sure he's got my best interest in mind. He might ask me to do things that go against my flesh. You want me to be nice to that person I don't like? Yeah. Why don't we go over here? Hey, I want you to go to the nursery and work. What? Hey, I want you to follow me, and let's go do this for your neighbor. Hey, I want you to, if he's Lord, I consent and I submit, or I'm going to get off track. I got to do my marriage, my life. I remember when the Lord told me, I had submitted my life to the Lord. I surrendered, told him, you're my Lord. I was already saved. But I just said, Lord, I'm going to follow you the rest of my life. I was in college, and the Lord said, first thing he said, well, I, you know, okay, I want you to break up with that girl that I was dating. 
Well, I kind of like her. She ain't the one break up with her, and I don't want you to date nobody until I bring you the one. I mean, I know it don't look like it now. I used to be a lot thinner. And I'm a young football player at a college full of females. And you want me to just know. Can't even go out with them. Can I tell you, my flesh didn't just really jump. Yay, hey, that's a great word, God. But can I tell you, because I had consented that he is Lord, and I'm harping on this because that's where it all comes down to. See, some of you aren't sowing right seeds in your soil and because you're still deciding whether you want him to be Lord or not. I said, okay, Lord. So I broke up with a girl, which was horrible. It is a horrible thing, horrible, horrible, horrible that God does this to us poor men. I mean, when girl, as some of, and you females can flip that those tears on just anytime you want to, you know, start crying, and we're like, just whatever, yes, whatever, just stop. And she's crying. You're not even giving me a chance. I said, I submit to the Lord, and the Lord. Well, I'm a Christian. I, I, I'm not saying you're bad. It's me. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> So for six months, I just didn't date six, eight months, whatever. It seemed like an eternity. I didn't date nobody. Till one day, because I was trying to follow the Lord, so I was going to meetings and participating in a life group. All of a sudden, this four foot 11, 95 pound girl sat down next to me. And I swear to you, the Lord, I looked at her, and the Lord said, I mean, she looked like she was 12. <laughs> she had a short haircut, and she was tiny. You know, I mean, I come from big people. We big people. She's tiny. And I, the Lord said, that's the one. I went, she's short. <laughs> Can I tell you? I thank God daily for that woman. I love her. I'm more in love with her now than I was when I married her. If you do it God's way, it keeps getting better. The worst part of marriage is the first few years. Because I'm trying to get her to act right. But... As you get old, you do it God's way. Can I tell you? That's where some of you are. You're going to wind up in the same miserable position you are this year unless you decide to consent and submit. Because I know God's got a good plan for me. He says that. I got a good plan for a plan for peace. Do you understand that? If I say consent, Everybody say submit. The second thing, time and change. I got to be willing to sow time. Time is this funny thing. 
There are time eaters, time wasters, and then there's time well spent. So when I consent, I've got to be willing to change the way I spend time. I've got to be willing that it equals out. Don't say I don't have. See, part of the issue we have is we are waiting for something else to drop when, you know, something else out inside in the world, some other thing, somebody, somebody to do right, and do you understand that Jesus Christ, everything can remain the same, but it, it comes from within here because this is where God rules. And so I've got to be willing, everything I need to reach where God wants me to is right here. So I got to be willing. Well, I wish I had a better marriage. I wish I had a better this. Well, God says, I'm going to give you 24 hours. I'm going to give you time. And you got to be willing to change. God does all the work. He does all the miracles. But i got to follow the cloud. Amen? And so how you spend your time. We watched Todd was telling me about a, about a family. I wish my family was together, which is God's will. God wants your family to be good. He wants your marriage to be good. Well, you can't go out on a date and both of you stare at your phone the whole time and just, while you're eating, you know, hey, is that good? You look over the phone, yeah, and then you, you, you're talking with everybody that ain't there. That's got to change. You cannot, listen to me now, it is asinine for you to want better if you're going to keep doing the same thing. That is asinine. You are crazy. If you think you're going to get a different result if you keep, well, the, in, including your mind, what you sow into your mind. Well, I like to know the Bible better. Well, you can't read the Bible if you're too busy watching Kevin Cosner drop F-bombs on the Yellowstone. Reading the Bible over there. <laughs> uh. We read an article where a lady said 20 minutes a day, she committed 20 minutes a day to read, to read books that fed her mind. And she talks and chronicles how it totally changed her life. One of the books she read was the Bible. Totally altered who we are. You cannot get different results. You plant corn, baby, you're going to get corn. See, some of you, and let me just go, since I'm all up in your cornflakes anyway, I might as well just go on and jump in. See, some of you have drama. You don't like peaceful living. You, you're used to drama because you, you grew up in drama and all this stuff. And you sow discord because you're always talking about, did you hear what so-and-so? And you're one of those people that have nothing to do with the, the, the person that makes a comment on Facebook, which I told Amy, I said, I ain't never laid a hand on you, but I might hurt you if you ever put anything of our business on Facebook. Because then you draw, but you're one of those people that got to make a comment. Who are all these haters? Well, you put it out there. But then you feel like you got to make a comment when you ain't got no tie to that person. You know what you are? And you have that come back at you because that's what you sowed. You reap what you sow. If you're a sower of discord, good luck, baby. 
You're always stirring up, rumor mongering, all that stuff. If you sow into your flesh, into bad thoughts, everybody look at me, into bad thoughts. You know what I mean by bad thoughts? Thinking about all the things that have, thinking about how bad it is. Thinking about how I'm short. Thinking about this. Thinking about, you know, oh, so-and-so hurt me one time 25 years ago. And you work yourself up. See, you're not going to get there if you keep sowing that same sorry seed. When I yield, what are your thoughts? Do you realize? Jesus has thoughts toward us. He calls us the light. He calls us the salt. He calls us kings and priests. And he calls us bearers of the light. All of those things. Everywhere I go, I can portray that. How are you spending your time? I want to do, I want you to do a, a test tonight when you get home. I mean, I watch parents. I watch the family. The whole family was at a night out. We going out. Woo! That used to be a big deal in my house. Because somebody had to float a couple of senos, you know, a couple of hundred. Take my family. That's a big deal. And every one of them, the kids and all of them, looking at their phone. Nobody saying nothing. Okay, is anything wrong with those things they're watching? Probably not. I don't know. But see, Satan will keep you from God's best by giving you other things that may not be sin but they're keeping you from God's best. Here's your test. I want you to go home and see how much, do that weekly thing. I don't even know how, I'm, how to do it. Because <laughs> I don't even let the grandkids touch my phone. I don't let my children touch. They try to add apps. I said, look, I want my phone for calling and texting. That's all I use my and that's why my phone lasts forever, because I ain't doing all that crap on it. But I'm just saying, I want you to test how much time you spend on your phone. Well, brother, I ain't got time to read about. I ain't got time for a life group. I ain't got time, but I'm spending six hours on that phone a day. Change. A different crop, a different crop doesn't just happen. Are you hearing me? A different crop happens when you sow different seeds. Does that make sense? A sower went out to sow. And then change happens naturally. Let me just say this. Let me move on and finish. Everybody look at me. I am not talking about you drastically altering your life. You know why? Because seeds are always real small. Seeds are always real small. Just a small adjustment. 20 minutes a day. Just having a conversation. You know, I'm going to just throw some things out there. Make your kids go to bed earlier than you do. If you've got small children or even teenagers, 
So you can sit there with your husband or wife and drink coffee or, and have a conversation without just small adjustments. Reading the Bible with your family three times a week, getting a picture Bible and just reading it. You don't have to explain, just read it. Let the word, just small adjustments. And you can expect, because number three is, that's when you can trust the seed. Can trust the seed. See, when you sow good seeds, you can trust it. It is not dependent on outward circumstance. It is not dependent on outward circumstance. It is not dependent on what's going on. How do I know that? Two stories in the Bible that teaches that Joseph, he was a slave. Joseph was a slave, sold, and back in that day, there was no reprieve. He wasn't getting out. That means, can you imagine, some of you, I'm never going to be rich. Well, big whoop-de-doo. I know a bunch of rich people, they're miserable as hell. And I said that on purpose. Because they are miserable as hell, because people in hell are miserable. I ain't talking about outward things. Joseph was a slave, and yet... Every time he was confronted, he did it God's way. He didn't care what the conditions he was around. As long as you keep blaming everybody else, you'll never get where God wants you to be. As long as you keep blaming what's going on. Joseph was a slave, and this fine woman comes on to him and goes, no, not going to do that. Then he got put in prison. It got worse. And he did the right thing in prison. And became the ruler of the land. See, God might have plans to take you places. You have no idea what you're going to do. But you've got to be willing to consent and submit to his ways. I consent the way I do my money. We don't debate whether I tithe or not. It's not a debate. Well, can I afford it? It's not a debate. We don't debate whether we go to church. We don't debate whether I handle people, try to deep treat people. I'm not a doormat. I don't let people run over me, but I can do it in a godly way, whether I forgive, all those things, consent and submit. And then I order my day the way he wants me to order it. And then I trust the seed. Last one about Joseph. And then what about this guy? Isaac, the Bible tells us that Isaac sowed in times of drought and famine. Sowed in times, everything else was going down. He got up one morning and the Lord said, I want you to plant. Won't you sow? See, some of you are holding back. Well, I bet I'm worried. I better, all this stuff, hear the Lord. He planted and the Bible said he reaped a great Great harvest. Why? He didn't let the outward circumstances dictate to him. He only consented and submitted to the Lord. How you do your relationships? Sowing is not determined by outward circumstances. It's determined by the kingdom of God, the word of God. Submitting to that. Let me tell you how this works in real life. 
I don't know what's going to happen this year. I'm praying. I'm praying that everything good happens to us. Nobody stumps their toe. Nobody gets sick. Nobody, nothing bad. Well, can I tell you? Hmm. Not real confident of that one. Right? I've lived long enough. But can I tell you that if I'm following Jesus, if I get in the boat with Jesus, if I'm following him, whatever comes, if the storm comes up, I know that I'm going to be okay. This is how I approach death. If I'm following these, I do believe, I'm telling you, it ain't God's will when somebody overdoses on drugs. All those things. That is not God's will. You can end your life early. But can I tell you, if I'm following Jesus, I don't know what, I've been sick before. I had bad things happen to me, all this stuff. But I'm telling you, if I'm following Jesus the best I know, I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about I'm just trying my best, Lord, to follow you, to obey what you tell me to do. If I do that, I have a confidence that if my life ends, it's okay. Nothing's going to come in, take my life until God says, it's time. I had a lady call me a friend of mine I've known a long time in uh, another town, but I've known him a long time. She called and said one of her children has just gone off the rails. You know, young 20-something. And I had been studying all this. And, you know, your first response is, oh, and she just gone off the rails, you know. And all of a sudden, something jumped inside of me. And I said, you know, I think I was there when that girl got saved. You know, I saw her going youth camp with us. It's another pastor friend of mine. I saw her worshiping the Lord. I saw her memorizing scripture. I saw her do all that. And I'm telling you, that seed is still there. And all we got to do is just wait for that seed. It's coming back because the Bible says you sow right seed I don't care where they go, they're going to come back. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to but Hope Rye rose up inside of me, and she got, she all of a sudden started, went from crying to thanking Jesus and shouting and all that stuff. And we started just going, God, you thank you. That power of your seed. God, I thank you for all that. What is the source of your hope? If it's anything other than Jesus Christ, you are in trouble. The source of my hope for my family, for provision, for the future, all those things. But you've got to be deliberate to follow Jesus. Do it my way. Come on, follow me. Get in this boat. Lord, there's a storm. I know, but I'm going to meet you out in the middle. Do this. Obey here. And remember, 
I'm not talking about wholesale change. Little seeds. Little seeds bear big fruit. I want to encourage you to read this story and begin to ask the Lord, God, what do you want me? What direction do you want me to go? If you, especially in a problem area. Well, me and my wife, we've been struggling for years. I, well, you've tried your best. Why not ask him and then submit to what he says? Hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you, hey, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to know your word. Why don't you take 20 minutes and see what God does? Does that make sense? We're going we're to pick this story apart, but I want you to understand that God i got to believe that Jesus Christ, the one that died on the cross for me, has a good plan for me this year to walk in some things. And I'm not going to get it by sowing the same seeds I sowed last year or the last 10 years. You keep thinking you're a victim. You keep playing over abuse. You keep playing through things. You keep playing over what you don't have. You'll never get to where God wants you to. God loves you and says, I have a plan. I want you to walk, and we're going to make progress. This is all I want from this year. I hope that I'm better than I was last year. I hope that next year I will have more. I will be better. I will have more experience. If you're not, look at me. If you're not, you're going back. There is no, because the stream's going that way. I want to follow the cloud when he says, and that's what he's doing this morning. Follow me. Got two things. First of all, if you need to make some changes, you make a change. The biggest change, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you've never really given your, I don't care if you're a good person or you go to church, you've never given your heart to Christ. Never once given your heart to Christ. I want to invite you this morning to say yes to him. Dawn's going to be waiting down here. We'll meet you. You come down here to the right. And somebody will lead you. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I don't say that because I'm the preacher. It really is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And I, it keeps getting greater. But here's what I, I saw in my spirit this morning. I just saw a vision in my spirit. All of a sudden, I just asked the Lord, how do you want to handle? I don't want to give an invitation because I think that's what we're supposed to do. I said, Lord, how do you want to handle this invitation? I, you know, it's your... All of a sudden, I saw in my mind's eye, I saw the story of feeding the 5,000. And I saw this little boy standing over there with five loaves and two fish. We had this huge crowd. He said, what do you have? And in that five loaves and two fish was a hopeless situation. There ain't no way 
that's going to feed all these people. And all of a sudden, I felt like the Lord, this is submit, consent, and submit. I felt like the Lord, there was an invitation this morning for you to come to the altar, just you and him, and bring that hopeless situation and give it to him. See, he took that five loaves and two, and he did a miracle with it. I just feel like their situation, if your marriage ain't good, y'all come. You want to say, Lord, this year, I want it to get better. If you're struggling with something, if you have a prodigal or an addiction or whatever, the first step to a miracle happening is giving it to him. It's time, some of you, listen, it's time to lay down some of those hurts of the past. Let it go. It's killing you. It's holding you back. If that little boy doesn't give up those things, no, not only is there not a miracle, but nobody was blessed. In just a second, I'm going to ask you, just, man, if you've got a situation you've been trying to figure out for a long time and you can't, it ain't no better. In fact, it might be worse. Man, if your marriage is that, man, submit it, lay that feet, Lord, I'm giving it to you. You tell me what to do with it. You tell me, God, I give you this situation. I consent to your Lordship. I'm submitted to your way. You tell me how to do it. That is where miracles happen. Sometimes you don't see them right off. Sometimes it's out there, but you're sowing seeds for that miracle to happen. Only if I rise to your feet. Right now, everybody just bow your head. The worst thing that happens is we look around. If you need to be saved, you come down here to the right. But if you know there's a situation that has stolen your hope, you're not sure it's been, I want you to come and just kneel before the Lord if you can and just lay it on the altar and say, Lord, I'm going to consent to your Lordship over this situation. I'm going to consent. I'm going to submit to your way. You tell me how to handle it. Because you're not going to fix it, but he can. So, Father, right now, I pray. Even if I'm praying, you come. Just, just come. Just lay those situations. Don't look around. You just come. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Lord. God, I can't, I don't know this situation. God, I just lay it at your feet. Come on, don't look around. Ask the Lord. God, it's time to lay down that brokenness. It's time to lay down unforgiveness. Things of the past. Let it go. Come bring it to the Lord. And you say, well, God can touch me back here. Well, but that's not following the cloud. Right now, you bring that situation to the Lord and come and lay it at his feet. Come just right now.
Everybody just you come right now. Bring your brokenness, your hopelessness. Bring your marriage. Whatever the Lord's saying, submit, submit, consent. He reigns and he's got a plan. Just do it right now. Don't look around. Ask the Lord, what are you saying to me, Lord? God, you come. Not going to be here long. Come and give it to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God reigns. Come bring it to the Lord right now. Make that gift. Sickness will bow. Idols fall down. It's happening now. At the name of Jesus. Anybody else, you come. Come bring that situation to the Lord. Don't wait. your feet, Lord. I lay this at your feet. It's only you, Lord. It's only you. That is in your heart. Just lift your hands and sing this with Elisha. My God reign. Come on, just lift your hands and say, God, you reign. My God reign. you do okay you consent and you submit I'm sowing so I want to consent to follow him he's Lord so I'm asking you this week first of all to read Matthew 13 but I'm asking you to participate in what's going on come down here and pray Come down here and pray. It's open from 5 till 9 at night. Bring pictures. Bring pictures. Consent and submit. I believe God is poised to do great things. There is no other source of hope. 
If you're counting on another person, a money, or anything else, you are going to lose. But when I follow him, I can have great confidence. The seed won't return void. So I'm asking you and your family to participate this week. Fast, pray, read Matthew 13 to them. And just see what God does. Watch what happens. Because you know if you don't, you know what's going to happen. Nothing. And that's our problem. We've got way too much nothing. So I'm asking you to do that. I want you to hold hands with somebody next to you. Lord, you said in your word, I cried to the Lord and he heard me. I believe you heard every person that came to the altar this morning. God, you're going to hear all the prayers that go on this morning, this week. God, I am expecting, I have a hope in the midst of hopeless situations. Something inside of me wells up and says, there is a hope. So, Father, I just ask you, stir us all, all of us, Lord, to follow you. You're calling us into a time of prayer and fasting. We consent and submit to that, Lord. I pray that great things will happen. pray you'll bless each one of these families. Bless each one of those, these people. In your name we pray. Amen. You be blessed. Have a great day.